You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Has your child ever woken in the night complaining of a sore foot or maybe a sore leg? Children can have multiple mysterious ailments over their lifetime, but none as ephemeral as so-called growing pains. I've used it as an explanation for my daughter's various aches and pains without really knowing if it's actually a thing. Joshua Burns is a professor of paediatric neuromuscular rehabilitation and is the head of school and dean of the Sydney School of Health Sciences. He's written about growing pains for the conversation. Hi, Joshua. How are you? Very well, thanks. Am I perpetuating a myth here, or are growing pains a real thing? Well, you're right in that growing pains have been baffling healthcare providers and parents probably for centuries. There is definitely a condition that children experience that relate to pain, particularly during early childhood. They're often late in the day and at night. Whether they are growing pains or whether they are something else usually requires further investigation. And you say normally in early childhood. So are we thinking sort of around up to the age of six or is that too old? The general prevalence has been reported between 3% and 49% of children and in particular between the ages of three and 12. Right. And so that that is often when parents might notice their kids have a growth spurt. So uh, my child over the last, she's 10 now, and over the last year, it seems like she's shot up, feels like about a foot. But is it possible that growing pains coincide with that growth spurt? I mean, I'm kind of stating the obvious there, but do we know if that's related? Well, this is the heart of the matter. The research is essentially absent in the area. I had a review of the literature again in the last week or so, and there's really been very few studies, not only looking at the incidence or prevalence of growing pains, but also their cause and importantly, their treatment. So what we know about growing pains is that it appears to be a problem that young children experience, usually of the muscles rather than the joints. It's inconsistent. In other words, it's not all of the time and it's not even every day. It's it's sometimes and it's usually later in the day and less so in the morning. It can cause a lot of concern. You know, kids can be crying from it. It can interrupt their lives. It can reduce quality of life. Or it can really also just be a nuisance, a, a, a problem that causes grief to parents around settling into a rhythm or settling into a bit of a a program of activity in the evening and particularly going to bed. So the main point is that the pain the children experience is real. The challenge is, is it because they're growing and it relates to their growth or is it due to another reason, in which case further investigation is required? So to go to your specific question about does it relate to a growth spurt? Well, again, the evidence is not there at all. The idea that the pain occurs with growth generally has always been suggested, but given that 
three to 49% of children have growing pains. There's over 50% that don't, mm. and every child grows. <laughs> yeah. So it might actually be, as you said, related to a spurt or the rate of growth, which is often the difference between children. So all children grow, but children do actually grow at different rates. And so maybe it's related to the bone growth or the elongation of the muscles at a particularly rapid time, and that could be uh, a reason for it. But again, the research is so light on in this area, a little bit disappointing, to be honest, because it is um, a, a real problem for many families. When you say further investigation might be required, what does that look like? Because I think what you've pointed out there in terms of there being little research into growing pains is also probably points at where parents' anxiety comes from, right? Because it's intermittent. They'll come to you one time saying that their leg hurts, another time it might be the arch of their foot. All different things are happening. And if you're a hypochondriac like me, <laughs> you start to think, oh my goodness, it could be anything. How do I know? Because the symptom that your child's expressing, uh, then you take them to a GP and they're no longer feeling it. And it was possibly even hard to articulate when they were feeling it. You take them to a GP, GP looks them over, nothing's wrong. And off they go. I mean, what should we be doing as parents if we want to make sure this isn't a sign or, or a symptom of something more serious? There's a lot of important points in that question. And I'll talk a bit about the presentation and how you might like to seek additional advice or care. So you're right. It is, it's not only difficult for the parents to pinpoint when and how the condition presents itself, but also it's always hard to get children to, to fully explain the situation, even to ask kids to articulate the type of pain they're experiencing, whether it's a, a dull ache or a tingling or a burning or a scratching or a pulling or a crawling, they're actually all really important different types of symptoms which can help us understand what the problem is. But to get a reliable um, account from our kids about this type of um, feeling is very, very difficult. So we, we often don't want to put too much onus on exactly the way the pain is described. What's important for parents to think about is there's a few different factors related to whether you should be seeking help from the GP or seeing a physiotherapist or someone who works specifically with children. The main thing is if the pain is persisting day in, day out, and more specifically in the morning, that's often not associated with growing pains. If it's located in the joints, so in the knees, in the hips, in the back, that's often not associated with growing pains. If there was an injury or a particular incident that the pain is following, that should be investigated. And then any highly unusual symptoms like redness, heat, swelling, fever, rash, additional fatigue, loss of appetite, they are all things that should definitely be investigated. But as you said, the most common presentation or problem is often described as discomfort, commonly in the legs, occasionally. Yeah, exactly. So as you mentioned, this can often happen at night, which does lead to a disruption in bedtimes and, and kids getting the sleep they need. Do we have any idea on ways we can help our kids 
feel better? Are there stretches they should be doing or uh, should we be getting them to drink lots of water? Is there anything we know about how to make our kids feel more comfortable when they are experiencing something that might be erratic and uh, a bit ephemeral, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So we like to rely on randomised controlled trials to help direct the sort of treatment required. The benefit of a randomised controlled trial is that some people get a treatment and some people don't. So then you can understand if the treatment itself has an impact versus what you would expect in something like growing pains where there's a natural improvement that could occur kind of in both groups and across the board. The only trial we have for growing pains does relate to stretching and specifically to stretching of the thigh muscles and stretching of the calf muscles. And that was shown to be somewhat beneficial and it was compared to aspirin and massage. But though in saying that, both groups did actually improve. Looking at other case studies and, um, and from clinical experience, we know that massage, heat, stretching and reassurance are probably the four best treatment modalities that a parent can provide their child at the time of the pain. It's completely unknown whether doing these types of activities at other times prevents growing pains, but we know that stretching, massaging, applying heat and reassurance seems to improve the situation at the time. And speaking of reassurance, not just for the child, but for parents as well, if it is growing pains and it's not something more sinister, uh, should we be seeing that improvement? You mentioned in the randomised trial that even those that didn't do the stretches were improving. And I'm, I'm wondering if that has something to do with the passage of time and the fact that maybe they stop having growth spurts or the growing pains, if that's what it's related to, ease up as a child gets older. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. There's definitely a large proportion of people that experience growing pains who spontaneously resolve and they spontaneously resolve with time. And so importantly, for many people who experience growing pains or the child experiences these vague musculoskeletal type aches in a very large proportion, they do go away. The question is, how long does that take? You know, some people only experience growing pains for weeks, some for months, and some for years. So reassurance only goes so far if the experience is going to go for a very long time, in which case symptomatic relief really is a valuable uh, contribution to the child's quality of life. And when you say symptomatic relief, what is that? So that's the massage, that's the heat, okay. occasionally oral analgesics, and really just treating the problem as it currently presents. Um, along with reassurance that we know it'll probably be okay in the morning. And then um, if it occurs the next night or the next week or the next month to um, repeat that set of tasks to help the child go to sleep, not to worry and get on with living a healthy life. But importantly, if things aren't vague and are specific, if it's one side of the body, if it's persisting, if it's severe, if it's related to an injury or fall, if it's presenting very real visible signs, then it should be further investigated. Joshua, thank you for shedding so much light on that very uh, strange topic in a way. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. 
That's Joshua Burns. He's a professor of paediatric neuromuscular rehabilitation and is the head of school and dean of the Sydney School of Health Sciences. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.